Hello and welcome to Crashing the Pearly Gates Radio. I am Jessica DeLine here with Rahul Seti. Hello and welcome everybody. Rick Sadras. Hello and welcome everybody. And Jeffrey Tan. Hi all. It's good to be back. <laughs> we are here to talk about something exciting. Oh my god, baseball. Baseball is happening. Um, we're going to first talk about uh, how we got here. We're going to go over the Angels roster, look at the division preview a little bit, and maybe touch on some other topics uh, as time permits. So it's been a while since we've um, been joined by you all. Let's let's catch up a little bit. Rahul, do you have anything new to share, like a new new car? Okay, first of all, <laughs> I feel very plagiarized by Rick for that intro. How dare you, Rick? I have no idea what you're talking about. I was just doing my normal intro. I find that very um, anti-coincidental since I always do the same thing. It's but been a long time, case... Rahul. We don't remember what our what our intros are. I just made <laughs> Rick, one up on the spot. Rick, I think you need to share a story with us about how you helped out, Rahul. Oh, man. Oh, about how I helped him out the other yep. day. And then we'll talk some baseball. <laughs> yeah, I, I heard that Rahul got a new car, and so he... Uh, he called. He called us up in the group chat um, a couple days ago, uh, and nobody wanted to answer. So I went ahead and did. And he just needed help finding out how to open the the gas tank to his car so he could fill it up. They don't put a button on the new cars. I don't understand who made the assumption that I would anticipate that it's a push gas tank. Like who would know that? That's a thing. It's tragic. It's, it's real tragic. He can analyze your F fours and your B wars, but he can't figure out how to open the tank of his tank. I was wow. straight up trying to help him figure out like the button and everything. I, I wasn't looking at it, and I was like, "Okay, go out there and show me what it looks like." And I look at it, and I'm like, "Just push the right side of it." And he's like, "Are you serious? <laughs> who would know that?" Sometimes it's the simplest things. I spent. At least five minutes looking for the button, and I could not find it. I popped my hood. I opened my trunk. I turned on and off the safety features because that's a button, but I could not find the gas <laughs> you, tank. You probably shouldn't have shared how long it took you. But. Um, <laughs> with that being said, let's talk about how we got here. I want to start with some of the rule changes that are going to go into place for this year because... There's some that are just kind of whatever. There's some that are fun. There's some that are what? Um, how about Universal DH? How does everybody feel about that one? I actually really like it. <laughs> <laughs> but Wait, I'm an American League watcher, so, I mean, I'm sure that there's several people in uh, other areas that are less thrilled, so. Yeah, I think the, the poll, usually, of fan interest is along the lines of, the NL fans, fans of teams in NL-only markets tend to dislike the DH, while fans of teams in AL-only markets tend to like the DH. And it makes sense that I do because I watch a team that features Otani and Pujols and all those other DHs we've had over the years. <laughs> uh, it's a good thing because, let's face it, most pitchers don't spend time uh, improving their hitting. So it's kind of a wasted spot in the lineup on most NL teams. So I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be great. Uh, it's certainly not going to help the Angels with playing uh, NL teams and them having the extra bat. But, 
it is what it is. That's true. Although, if we were in NL stadiums this year and we lost the DH, it would more negatively affect that, more negatively affect us than giving the other team the DH, I feel. I think that's part of the reason why they implemented the universal DH instead of taking it away is because teams have already created their rosters in such a way as to accommodate DHs and to remove that is different than to add it. You know what I mean? It's it it hurts teams more to remove it than it does to add it to all the teams. That's true. I also think that when you have an NL team that didn't build a team with a DH in mind, that they're also at a disadvantage now, um, as opposed to the AL side having a disadvantage. So someone would have had the disadvantage, but I think watching a DH hit is a lot more entertaining than watching a pitcher hit and thinking about all these mind games that could be played as opposed to, you know, seeing a higher quality hitter in the batter's box. Plus to make the playoffs, if it is still the same playoff structure, which we'll get to, I mean, you still only have to beat out other NL teams if you are an NL team. So exactly. I was going to say the same thing. Until you get to the World Series, now with the current situation the way it is, um, you're going to be playing a lot fewer of uh, interleague play. So, well, a higher percentage of interleague play than, a norm- than a normal season. Yes. Yeah. All right. For the sake of time, we'll jump through these other rule changes so we can get into the roster. Although this next one's pretty controversial. Runner on second to begin extra innings. Over the past five years, just over 8% of regular season games have gone into extra innings. And now there's going to be a runner on second base. I hate it uh, from a stats perspective, um, from a baseball perspective, from a fan perspective. I've seen many things on Twitter, and I think just I'd rather have the tie. I know it messes with wins and losses, which nobody really cares about anymore, but I don't like the whole thing about how you can wait out a couple of innings if you're in the late innings, and then you get a runner on second. Uh, you bun him over, and then you try to make contact. That seems like a very boring way to play baseball to me. Agreed, I... and, and it's not going to be in place for the postseason, so it's not even going to be consistent throughout this year. I'm going to take the devil's advocate approach this time uh... because normally Jeffrey does. Um, <laughs> but oh that, that's not no, I, I legitimately, that's I legitimately don't mind it, actually. Um, I personally, <laughs> normally, yes, I would agree with you, Um Personally, the way I see it is this this season. I, I I I'm fine with a tie too. Also, by the way, but going this route and everything and trying to actually come come up with a winner. Um, I think it's an effective way of getting things done faster, getting things done sooner. And honestly, with this season, stats don't matter to me at all. I don't. I'm not even going to be looking at stats this season. Stats don't matter, but career stats do matter. Correct. Like and I think that stats, in other seasons, what? I will care. But this season specifically, I will not. If they implement it after the season, I'll hate it. Yeah, but... one thing. One thing I saw is that if they, since they implemented this versus the tie, that the runner on second has a higher chance of staying past this season. Whereas if they did a tie, um, it would probably go away after this shortened season, after this special season. And that's something I agree with. That we might see runner on second for the forever, and I dislike that. 
Do Actually, we know how they're choosing the, the runner on second again? Is it? Um, it's going to be the last out. So when Albert Pujols hits into an inning-any double play in the 10th inning, or ninth inning, <laughs> he is our runner on second. <laughs> so strategically, what? what you're going to want to do is you're going to want to have your Billy Hamilton or your uh, D. Gordon bat last in the ninth inning, just in case they, they get out, so that you can immediately like steal two bases and right. boom. You, win. you know what? That's a great, that's a fantastic yeah, what? idea, is give up the third out and just pinch hit a speedy runner, get him yeah. out, and then he's on second base. To and that's what Jordan out. Adams is in the uh, the non-roster for. <laughs> there we go. We've strategized for Joe Madden. Hope he takes that into account. All right, I'm going to skip position players pitching. That's just, that's that's the rule that was supposed to go into place this year. Um Really nothing changes based from 2019 because position players could pitch without limits. So we'll skip that. Let's talk about the unsportsmanlike conduct rule. Do you guys know what that is? No idea. So players and managers have to maintain physical distance from umpires and opposing players at all times. And if they, <laughs> if they get within six feet for the purpose of an argument, that can be considered unsportsmanlike conduct. So who do you think is going to be the first manager that's going to violate violate that six foot bubble that's going to happen i think in the moment you're not going to stop yourself you're going to be right in their face that's just going to happen you know it's going to be so funny trying to visualize these actual normal arguments they have with them like having their chest up against each other but like six feet apart it's hilarious (laughs) to to you know what they need to do they're going to do on stack cast is draw six foot circles around all the umpires (laughs) (laughs) so you know when they cross over into their bubble you know, I don't even think that the Angels had that many managerial arguments last season with Osmus. I mean, how many did how many times did Osmus really go out there and argue with the umpire in the first place? I think that's an Angels organizational thing in general, to be honest. I'm not really entirely certain, but I think maybe I think that's something that happened with Sosha and then from there on like they kind of have this like mentality in the clubhouse of sportsmanlike conduct. I think even Aside from the Angels, across the league in the last couple of years, you've been seeing managers just go out to argue less and less as a trend because yeah, I think there have been harsher penalties, um, harsher penalties for doing so. Yeah, I need to see the uh, evidence for that. I think it's, it's just mainly because of replay. Um, if you argue balls and strikes, you get tossed out pretty quickly. And honestly, what else can you really argue other than out of the base paths, I guess? I mean, I'm pretty sure Gabe Kapler's been ejected more times than anybody or something. <laughs> Probably. So, all right, let's talk about the wet rag rule. I'm going to clarify what it is here before we talk about it. Pitchers will be p- permitted to carry a small, it doesn't. I don't know what the dimensions have to be, wet rag in their back pocket to be used for moisture in lieu of licking their fingers because they don't want pitchers to lick their fingers, right? You cannot access the rag while you're on the rubber. And you must clearly wipe your fingers of your pitching hand dry before touching the ball or the rubber. How are they going to measure the dryness? Is it, is it this? I have so many questions. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who's going to sanitize the rag? If What's the difference between, you know, licking and, you know, putting your spit on the rag and then licking that? Well, you can't spit on the rag, probably. But how you, is that going to be enforced? Are they going to come out and right? I, you this know, is going to some... be this is going to come up like pretty quick, I think, in the games. Right. 
yeah, people are just gonna be watching all of a sudden, and then some pitchers has some towel thingy, and no one's gonna know what it is. The it's gonna be just like bowling. Whenever they have, <laughs> whenever yes. they have to go ahead and like get the the stuff on their hands, like. <laughs> That's What's great. stopping a pitcher from, you know, going out and applying sub- substances to this rag and there's no way for anyone to stop that? I think that's why they you said to it has wipe to be completely dry, but I don't know the enforcement of that. Yeah, like, is he going to wipe it on his, uh, like, his jersey and yeah. then yeah. hold his hand up to the ump and say, all dry? Who's going to be gonna, watching that? He's going to do it, like, with hand yeah. sanitizer. You kind of, like, just, like, air dry it really fast. <laughs> <laughs> so here's a question when you when pitchers wet their fingers when they lick their fingers they don't have to wipe them dry before they pitch right that's true yeah and, so they, and it goes they, right to yeah. the ball as well this is going to get violated on day one i'm telling you right now yeah <laughs> I, I don't see how this can ever be enforced i understand yeah. the rule i just don't see how they're going to actually implement it so right <laughs> all right well that that's probably the most silly of the new rules and i can't wait to see how it all shakes out uh do you guys have any other rules that you want to talk about before we jump into the roster i think one positive rule is the no spitting rule i've never liked it um even when i was younger just watching at home when i was a little kid i just wondered why do, why do baseball players have to constantly spit it seems unnecessary and now that they're getting rid of it i think it's a good thing Sunflower seeds and chewing tobacco. Chewing tobacco, which is banned, right? But And sunflower seeds, I think, are banned this year as well. Because of the spitting, yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah, chew is banned, but um, I believe players were grandfathered into that, so I'm sure there are a good amount of players who do chew. Yeah, and they're going to have a hard time not doing that, I imagine. Right. So we will see how that no spitting rule works as well. All right, let's talk about the roster. What about the Silence. roster? Just the roster as a whole. The roster looks great. Crickets. I think we're ready to win a World Series. Can can you guys believe that base? it's? Can we believe that it's almost been nine months without baseball? I, Isn't ridiculous. that crazy? Yeah, the longest in my lifetime. Yeah, I definitely. wasn't alive for the strike. Neither was I. That's Rick, amazing. were you alive so for the I, strike? <laughs> I was one year old. <laughs> Actually, I'm going to back up my question. That makes me feel old. Thanks. So uh, we know who Get Catcher is going mom. to be, and it's not going to be Max Stassi. Well, I happen to like Max Stassi. I think, um, I, I think in, okay, hear me out. In <laughs> a shortened season with pitchers have less time to get ready, umpires are probably like, they're, they're, they're not getting focused right now. Their eyes are probably out there. Uh, framing might be more important. Nope. You never know. He could win nope. MVP. If he just hits, like, ten home runs somehow, ten, gets lucky ten times with his D-War, that's an MVP caliber season right there. Are wow. you going to give us odds for that, Jeffrey? A thousand to one? I think I'm going to Vegas right now, and you, I'll lay some money do down it. on Max Stassi. A thousand to one is extremely short-changing him. Okay. Yeah, I need, I need, I need uh, better odds than that. <laughs> All right, first base, who do we got? You were going to give the odds to me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think we should also talk about the size of the rosters and the limitations um, that go along with that before we talk about Uh position by position. After we talked about one position. (laughs) 
Yeah, let's, let's do that, Raul. What are the signs? Let's just avoid talking about um, a certain Jay Castro altogether. <laughs> okay, so now... Oh, I, I, did not, I did not realize that. <laughs> wow. I didn't even realize we had Jason Castro. It's been so long, guys. I know, I had forgotten too until a few days ago. All right, so the roster size to start the season is going to be 30. And that will be for two weeks, and then it goes to 28, and two weeks later it goes to 26, which is what it was supposed to be for the season to begin with. I feel like that just means more pinch headers because now that the three batter minimum, three minimum bat, three batter minimum is in place, you can't really bring in any lugies, so you might as well mm-hmm. use your bench on pinch headers. Uh, yeah. So Do we Stassi know the reason why they're going from 30 to 28 to 26? Like, personally, I would think the opposite would make sense, since, you know, expanded rosters was a thing at once upon a time. Don't know. Because right. pitchers, pitchers aren't stretched out yet, so you know, they expect they need more relievers at the beginning. And then oh, they so it's like a, like a spring kind of thing. Okay, I get yeah. that. Yeah, everybody's getting, everybody's getting warmed up still. Gotcha. So, okay. I can yeah. see that. Yep. All right, now can we talk about the positions a little bit? Or? <laughs> Sorry, um, Ruffle. Rahul's in charge. Have, you got to ask him. Well, we obviously have Jason <laughs> Castro at catcher, um, even though some of us forgot that he was on the team. Something interesting um, <laughs> <laughs> that is not about Jason Castro. Wow, <laughs> this is going well. Is that the uh, the average age of taxi squad players is twenty six, which is three years younger oh. than the average age of players on the opening day rosters. Oh, so what I think you're talking about the Angels roster at a all? lot of a lot of <laughs> prospects, a lot of pitchers without much major league experience, and I think that's a testament okay. to expanded rosters at the beginning as well. And I think that's right, an excellent that's, that's segue into Jason Castro. So about <laughs> the catcher on um, random facts with Rahul Seti. Well, that was super yeah. helpful. So about Jason Castro, no, I really wow. like the guy. Um, yeah. <laughs> we've we've uh, we've been looking for a catcher like him for quite some time, and I know that uh, Chase is a big fan. I was a big fan, but um, for us to actually get our guy, that was surprising to say the least. Mm-hmm. And he's a lefty bat. Yep. All right, first base is going to be Pulos. Might actually be able to play first base all season now that it's only sixty games. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we could see him break the next leader on the home run leaderboard, right? Is Hank which Aaron, is? who has five more home runs than him. Um, so he has to he get the six, which is, which is a tall <laughs> order. So do you guys think that Pujols can get to six homers in 60 games? Yes. No. It what? depends on how often he plays. <laughs> I don't think, I think he's going to play enough. I think he'll play at first base when Otani's DHing, so three games out of six, and then he'll DH when Otani's pitching mm-hmm. or out. So that's another. I think we're I going think to see a lot day. more Tommy Lastella and Matt Thice at first base. Matt Thice is not going to happen a lot this year. Yeah, but I think Tommy Lastella will be our primary first baseman. Pro- uh, probably. I hope so. Is he I don't gonna know play first? Tommy Lastella has been taking reps at first base. We haven't heard anything about that. No. Even last year, we didn't hear much yeah, was, about that. It was up I in the air. Could have training. Where is he going to play if he's not at first base? 
Exactly. That's the I other thing. Ass- I would assume he's at second and uh, they just slot careful. Fletcher in at, you know, outfield, <laughs> third base, first what? base, wherever they need him, basically. With Rendon here, I think that utilizing Fletcher that way is a drastic uh, misuse of Fletcher's talents. I would agree. <laughs> I think this year David Fletcher needs to finally begin his upward trajectory towards Cooperstown. So he needs to be he in the He has lineup already every year. started. What do you mean, begin? <laughs> begin the yeah. upward trajectory. If uh, anything, due to his age, it's probably a downward trajectory to Cooperstown, to be honest. Like, he's he's, he's coasting in. into it. He's in, basically. <laughs> <laughs> but you heard it here first. He's coasting his way into Cooperstown. So, second base, I, I shortstop think... is, is, is Simmons, you know, obviously Rick's favorite player. Well, you um, have to, I think, what, on a, kind of a Rolls-type <laughs> segue, you have to account for the fact that if, players don't have that long to get ready there may be an increased probability of injury as unfortunate that as that is plus the risk of covid and people and players may or may not get covid too so i think depth is very important and it's i mean like injuries always happen and let's just say there's a higher chance that a player is going to be out this season who's most likely to get injured not not COVID related, but who's most likely to get injured on the of the Angel starters? Oh. Pooh holes. Justin Upton. <laughs> and Upton, yes, Upton not too. Simmons, well, Simmons has the track. Yeah, Simmons has the track record, but also like a lot of those injuries were unrelated to playing, like the steps thing. Right. I I don't know Simmons. I I think in a shortened season he should be fine. Even um, Justin Upton's turf toe was kind of freaky. And the but... wine glass was. Not related either. Right. So we don't know. The short story is we don't know. Don't go putting player pools or any whatever. <laughs> so th- that's pretty much the infield. There's some other guys on the uh, 40-man roster. Jemai Jones. Ren- oh, Renhifo. We got Renhifo, Matt Dice, Jared Walsh. You mean we didn't? he's floor. not on the Dodgers? What happened? No, no dedicated uh, Anthony Rendon segment? Wait, did you say Jemai Jones? I don't... Yeah, he's on the 40-man. What? It was a protection to, for the Rule, rule yeah, 5 draft, Yeah, we had to right? protect him. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was assuming we were going to release him or something. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Hold on there, Rick. I mean, he's probably making the team at this rate, because if you have to choose 30 of the 40-man roster, he's a good candidate. Uh, how, how could they change his swing if they release him? That's true. Wow. How can they convert him to pitcher like Caleb Powers? <laughs> so, Rendon, do we need a Rendon segment? I mean, he's awesome. We're happy he's on the team, right? Does anybody... I don't yeah, know okay, so here... Remember the last time we signed a big contract, Pujols didn't hit his first home run until, like, May or something? May 18th, I think? Now, Rendon, it's June 30th, and he hasn't hit a home run yet. What? What is up with this? <laughs> wow. What's wrong with you, Rendon? Waste Rendon is... A great player. He's he's a he's a good peer hitter. He's definitely somebody that we need on the team. I think he's the best third baseman in the game. But we can get to that on Whoa. another podcast. You guys are making a lot of bold claims today. We're gonna have to do that another day. Did you see the fo- okay? And, and never mind. So we I saw have, that. Yes, I know what you're referring to. I saw that. On our forty man roster for outfielders, we have obviously Mike Trout. Not much more we need to say about Mike Trout. Justin Yay. Upton, we mentioned. Brian Goodwin is probably the third outfielder, and then we have 
Michael Hermesio, he's still around, and our friend Taylor Ward. No comments. <laughs> I, I also thought it was interesting how he showed up as an outfielder on there. I was like, oh, I really hope he's getting reps because yeah. the defense is the issue. He has he has the speed for the outfield, though. He's a fast guy. Wait, he's fast? We should have kept him at catcher, though, because we would have had a fast <laughs> catcher like JT Romito. He could have been JT right. Romito. Taylor Ward is unironically one of our fastest guys. Like, I don't according know to Statcast, I don't know that I would characterize him as fast though. Watching yeah. him, <laughs> we gotta look up his sprint speed. Somebody look up his sprint speed. That's what I'm saying about his sprint speed last year. Like it was like top five on our team. So how about any pitchers that we need to talk about? Are we excited about the rotation? It's gonna be good. It's gonna be all right. I think the rotation will be passable. Um, <laughs> I was very critical of the Angels this offseason in failing to acquire additional starting pitching, as I think a lot of us were. Um, I think when that Ross Stripling trade fell through, that was a big blow to the Angels. Obviously, that was about one to two months before we found out that the season would be postponed or canceled. Um but I think with a shorter season, you're seeing a lot more variance. And so for the Angels, who don't have the most talented starting pitching, but have high volume of arms, um, I think that plays a lot to their benefits. And that variance will help them as opposed to hurt them if they were someone like, you know, the Astros or otherwise. I mean, the fact you said, that you said we didn't get pitching, though, but we we did. Maybe not the pitching we all wanted. I mean, the Angels did acquire arms, but they were of the sort of third tier caliber arms. Um, I agree. Dylan Bundy is probably their best acquisition. Um, durable. You think Bundy's better than Tehran? Uh, t- yeah, Tehran's yes. going to be better. I would bet definitely. Um, I think. Tehran outperforms his peripherals, but I think Bundy is the more poised pitcher to break out. I think we can have this conversation a lot more in-depth on a different podcast. Let's do that, yeah. Um, But I think the Angels have, for the purposes of a 60-game season, I think they've set themselves up quite well um, with their rotation. And it should be noted that they're going with six arms, with Otani factoring into that mix. I'm really excited to see him DH and pitch this year. The only person I really wanted to mention on the pitching side was that, uh, I mean, other than there being a Michael Myers that I've never seen in my <laughs> life. Um, <laughs> other than that, they uh, added Hector Yawn to the uh, 40-man roster. I thought that was extremely interesting since his last season was in A-ball. And um, he was, I mean, he's highly regarded, but I think it's pretty interesting that he's made the 40-man roster ahead of, like, Taylor Cole and a few other guys that are on the 60-man, so... It's probably an option thing. Yeah, I think he was he a player five or a rule five. I think he was eligible. Two? Yeah. Yeah. The other other pitcher I'm excited for is Felix Pena, who was pitching some of the best baseball of his life uh, before he got injured last season. So, like, he's a sne- he's a sneaky pick. I know he's not in the top six that most people have in mind for our six man rotation. But Pena could eat up some quality innings, and I always enjoy watching him pitch. Yeah, I like Pena too. 
The Angels did a really nice job with developing Felix Pena. I know I know we talk about them not having done enough to develop their own starting pitching. I think Pena is one of those exceptions. Um, great raw stuff, throws hard, and gets a little wild sometimes, but when he's got it under control, he throws really well. He pitches really well. All right. Anybody you guys want to talk about on the 60-man roster? The non-roster invites? The prospects? That are are going to summer camp? (laughs) Other than the prospects? Yeah, I mean, is is there anybody you're excited about? Is there anybody you think might make the team, might make the 30-man roster? Do you think we're going to see Joe Adele or Brandon Marsh on the 30-man roster? There's someone called Hobby or Hobie Milner on the team now. (laughs) So that is exciting. (laughs) I like the no, name. I'm excited. I'm excited for Joe Adele pretty soon, but uh, that's pretty much all. I think we're not going to see too much beyond him and maybe Jose Rojas. Brandon Marsh. I don't Marsh think it's pretty far down the depth chart. Yeah, it's it's like hard to get unless there's a ton of injuries. I don't think we see Marsh and Adele, and Adele's probably first. Well, do you think do you think Adele uh, comes up if Trout either opts out or is on paternity leave for a while? Or are we gonna roll with Hermosillo? Like I said, I think they're. I think he's just so far down the depth chart. Like he'd be like seventh or in line or something like that. Well, you sell so. Hermosillo and Ward on the forty man for outfielders. Exactly, because Joe right. Adele will be ahead of them at some point. But yeah, I think Marsh is pretty far down the depth chart. That, that's fair. We may not see him this year. We we'll see him next year though. I don't know that his position on the depth chart really matters because the Angels outfielders outside of Trout and Upton are pretty underwhelming. Um, obviously, you can so make that argument for Goodwin. But aside from those three, it's it's pretty nondescript in terms of their options out there. So I, I think you could conceivably see Adele and Marsh or Marsh after July 29th or whatever that date is to call up prospects. I doubt it. Well, I just think that because you're not going to be seeing much of them, like you can't get a feel for where their levels are in camp or whatever summer camp that they're having, um, it's hard to jump Marsh and say, hey, we're going to give you a shot if there's an injury ahead of all these other guys. Exactly. I agree completely. Whereas if there actually was a minor league season and he put up good numbers and everyone else struggled, they might say, "Hey, Marsh, you're playing well. Uh, here's your ticket to the show." But that but it also depends on on what they need, right? Because Marsh is a lefty bat, Adele's a righty, so it, that might factor in as well at some point. Yeah, I think Brandon Marsh is definitely more ready for the majors at this point in time than Joe Adele is, and I don't know that two months makes enough of a difference in either one's development to change that. In my opinion. I'm not going to disagree. Alright, anything else you guys want to cover on the roster? Or should we jump to a quick preview of division opponents? Nope, let's go over who we're going to be facing this year. Let's do it. Let's spend a few minutes on the NL first. Because we are going to be playing every team in the NL West. We played the Dodgers six times. We play the Padres, Diamondbacks, Rockies, Giants, and Giants 14 total times. How do you think that's going to impact the Angels this year? I'm, I'm not honestly looking forward to playing 27% of our games against 
the Astros and the Dodgers. That's going to be brutal. Yeah, but I think the other NL teams are decent, but on average worse than the competition we're going to be facing in the AL West. So other than the Dodgers, I do like the look of playing the NL West. Like the Giants are rebuilding. The Rockies are supposedly competing, but not really doing much to show that they're competing. Right. Um, the Padres <laughs> the Padres may be better than us at the moment in terms of a talent level, but they're still young and raw. So that that's a good matchup too. And the Diamondbacks, uh, it's hard to say. And with the Padres, there's a good chance that we will be facing Garrett Richards. Yes. That'll be so interesting. That, that could be fun, yeah. Yeah, nice story. I mean, I think a good chance is kind of stretching it, to be honest, with how many games we play against them. But uh, <laughs> Well, we play two to four games like, against them, right? Yeah, so. three or four. Yeah, I, I mean, it's not... I mean, it's not huge odds. It's not small odds either. So. I really, in the really want to see that Mike Trout, Garrett Richards matchup. That's what I want to see. Ooh, that's good. He'll I probably do not want to see it. Are you kidding me? He's going to he's gonna cut us down. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But I can't wait to see those two face each other. That's going to be fantastic. You know, Jeffrey, I'm going to have to go ahead and disagree with you. I, I don't think that it is very favorable for the Angels. Mm-hmm. Um, the Angels have, of all the teams in the league, the Angels have, the Angels' opponents have the second highest win-loss percentage compared to last year. And so I think that definitely works against them. I think the Rangers have done a really nice job with their rotation. Uh, I think the Mariners will be interesting, and I think the Astros are always formidable, and the A's are always formidable as well, so the Angels really have their work cut out for them. They also play the Dodgers more times than the rest of the AL West. I guess AL West doesn't exist. Um, compared to the you know Astros, Mariners, Rangers, A's, I think it's going to be tough for the Angels, especially with Trout potentially missing 25% of the season. So it sounds like you agree with me that the soft spot of the schedule will be the other NL West teams. Sure. So how are... That is actually a good question. The standings, are they just going to be West, Central, East this year? I think so. With no expanded playoffs, they can't really reorder the playoffs any which way, which is going to make the wild card really weird because you don't cross So there's no way the Angels get first in the division with Dodgers and Astros there. No. Well, I'm going to say that I don't think that's necessarily true. Even though I think that our schedule is one of the least favorable, I think our odds have actually increased just due to the number of games played. I think that in the fewer the fewer games we play, the more likely we are to um, slightly increase our odds of making it to the playoffs. Um, I don't think this team is built for a long season. I think it's built for short bursts and that's exactly what we're about to see so whether or not our schedule is more difficult i think that our odds are better than they were um even if we had our old schedules i mean obviously if we in an ideal world we'd be in the al central like that'd be (laughs) that'd be heaven but since we're not i think our odds are better this way than they've ever been since we've had trout to be honest all right Right. How, how about the rest of the al west teams we've got seattle who should theoretically be a bit of a pushover this year? Yeah, I never look at any of our t- any of our division as a pushover, to be honest. I mean, Mariners are just a overall pushover, but <laughs> no matter what, no matter what, our division is like 
like day in day out one of the hardest divisions in baseball. Yeah, and I the think fact it... that we only play ten games against them. I mean, they could win like six or seven of those conceivably, which is what happened last year when they when they were like a really bad team and we somehow lost half our games to them. And that's also the reason why our odds are so much better is because in short bursts like this, like like just like they say with the playoffs, the playoffs is a crapshoot, and having a shorter season like this makes it more of a crapshoot. So we have higher likelihood of either like just winning a bunch of games and then not having to worry about it, or just blowing a bunch of games in a row and then just being out of the playoffs in less than a month. All right, then. Well, all right, how about the A's? I think it probably um, disadvantages the A's the most because they are a consistently 90-plus win team who is overmatched by the Astros, just a tinge. But you think they're the most disadvantaged? Do you think more so than the Astros? I think so. I mean, the Astros aren't going to have their trash cans, so... (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think no fans helps the Astros a lot, but... Anyway, we won't go there today. That was, that was my attempt at a sound effect. But. Yeah, I think that actually is a good point. The no fans helps the Astros the most, by far. Oh, definitely. There's yeah. no one to boo them. You know? Yeah, that's really unfortunate. Some people need to sneak in. We're going to have to carry that over into 2021 now. <laughs> right. Yeah, I don't think anyone's forgetting. No. <laughs> I think I the A's are disadvantaged they, the most. After they go 10 and 50 in the short season, will you really want to boo them in 2021? I'm going to love booing them when they're that bad. I boo the, I boo the Mariners all the time. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> well, you're just a cruel person then. Why would you boo the Mariners? They're so lovable. <laughs> what? <Yeah. laughs> all right. Did you we've just got, say that? We've got the Rangers. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to pretend I didn't hear that. That was embarrassing. I love yeah. the Mariners. Even like more I love... embarrassing than my my gas tank story. Uh, <laughs> uh, seriously, yeah, though. They're like a hole in the head. <laughs> <laughs> what do we think of the Rangers this year? You mean I honestly ballpark? don't know enough about the Rangers to care. I'm excited to see their ballpark on TV. Anyway. Yeah, every time <laughs> they do the aerial shot. Yeah, the outdoor shot. <laughs> <laughs> I said this on Twitter, but it looks like a giant greenhouse. Mm-hmm. It does. Wait, it does? Yeah, it does. Have you Isn't not that seen counterproductive it? to the reason why they made it? <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. But the Rangers have Jeff Mathis, so you can never count them out. Yes, but we have Max Stassi, who's better than Jeff Mathis. So, there. There we go. Uh, We've won. It's over. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Alright, so we got the Rangers, and then of course we have the um, trash cans in our division as well that we will be playing ten times. And McCullers is back too, right? Lance McCullers? Uh, yes. Is he healthy though? Yes. And he... Okay, my bold prediction is that Lance McCullers will have a better season than Garrett Cole. I agree. I, I'm scared of Lance McCullers, honestly. He's one of my least favorite pitchers to see. He he kills Trout, too. He's so nasty. Yeah. It and he's their, beautiful number curveball. Th- he's their number three. So, 
I don't think the Astros are going to be pushovers just because they lost Cole. No, their pitching is always threatening, but they're they're hitting whether or not that we'll we'll see what happens with their hitting. I, there's no guarantee on anything. So, I mean, they're still really really talented team. But and, and Verlander's healthy now. That was questionable at the start of the season. Yep, Granky is Granky is pushing his Hall of Fame case, and mm-hmm. of course they have like a stellar bullpen. And they have Maldonado. Oh yeah. Yep. And Garno. Can't underestimate Maldonado. They have the former Angels catchers tandem. Yeah. Did Jessica just say you can't underestimate Maldonado? She I only guess. likes Maldonado <laughs> since he left us. <laughs> Jessica, you hate Maldonado. That was a joke. That was a joke. <laughs> Every time he comes into play with the Astros, Jessica's great. I don't hate him. I just don't like catchers who can't hit. <laughs> Jessica just doesn't like catchers, to be honest. <laughs> no, I love Real Muto. Jessica, Max Dossie is a first baseman, okay? So if anyone tells you he's a catcher, that's that's not true. <laughs> then he is a terrible first baseman because they're usually way more productive at the plate. <laughs> I mean, in relation to Pujols? Jessica, it's it's only because of the positional adjustment. Exactly. Oh, wow. He's great otherwise. Wow. She has a negative 10 positional adjustment on all catchers. <laughs> oh, yeah. Real Muto is barely league average to Jessica. All glove first catchers are a negative 10. If their main skill is framing, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Not buying it. All right. Anything else we want to talk about with our opponents before we do some miscellaneous tidbits and wrap up? Nah, I'm good. Nah, beat them. Tidbits it is. Tidbits it is. So we have the MLB draft, which was absolutely terrible at five rounds. Hated it. Hated the Angels not um, signing any undrafted players. And it was one of our best drafts probably, too. <laughs> uh, it, what? Where are you getting that I from? I mean, we drafted all the right players in the Yeah, slots. that's what I'm saying. We actually drafted people like they're solid. <laughs> oh, I mean, we did okay. The Angels had a good draft. Yeah. I wouldn't characterize it as incredible by no, any stretch. I mean, but what what draft recently was incredible that we had? Not I'm anything dec- under... I'm going to decline comments yeah. on that one. Um, I mean, 2017, <laughs> I think, is pretty solid. Yeah. yeah was 20, 2017 was an incredible draft um, with Joe Adele and Griffin Canning, of course. But I think... The Angels this time around took the best player available on the board, Reed Detmers out of Louisville. He's a left-handed starting pitcher, and he has incredible control and a pretty good arsenal of stuff. He sits in the low 90s, and according to our prospect, Maven Turk's Teeth, is effectively a good shot to be a mid-rotation starting pitcher that is durable um, effectively in the mold of, of Andrew Heaney. And, and I think that's worth cheering. And Adele was from Louisville too, right? I mean, he didn't go to the school, but yes. Yeah, he's but I mean, he's from, from the area. Yeah. So he's from there. Yeah. that means Detmers is basically destined to be the greatest of all time. Yes, that it logic does mean holds, that, yes. yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Solid. It follows. <laughs> All right, yeah. Uh, other than that, I mean, the Angels got four players because we had to skip a pick because of the rundown signing. And four players was all we got. 
since we didn't sign any of the undrafted free agents that were available. One of only two teams that didn't sign anybody. Yes, I think Rendon was totally worth the loss of the second pick. Yes, and the other team right, that didn't yeah. sign any players is the Rays. So we, we are following the Rays model of success, and I think it's going to go great. We're going to get to the World Series this year because of that. Because the Rays have been there, too. And we should talk about <laughs> the reason why that the Angels didn't have any undrafted free agents. And that is because the Angels were one of, were the second-to-last team to announce that they will be paying minor leaguers through the end of June. Um, this was, I believe, last month. And, <clears throat> you know, other minor leaguers and other free agents were watching this and potential draftees just decided not to sign with the angels yeah i imagine we might have tried that's a good point um uh epler might have tried to sign players but maybe they just weren't interested in a team that wasn't taking their minor league players seriously enough right and we don't know whether it was an ownership mandate remember the angels were about to furlough their scouts and at the last minute decided not to and so the entire league, and this was right before the draft, so the entire league was watching what the Angels were doing and they were taking notes of, you know, how how is ownership going to treat their employees and, you know, who would want to work there after that. And clearly, you know, we're seeing either one, ownership doesn't want to sign anyone, any undrafted free agents, or number two, that undrafted free agents don't want to come to the Angels. And neither one of those pros shouldn't say prospects because we didn't sign any prospects. Um, <laughs> neither one of those options is a good one. You know, and on that note, actually, really quickly, um, the Angels' relative uh, focus on secrecy I mean, even if they were planning on paying the players through June the whole time, and even if they're planning on paying them like from here on out, um, the fact that they don't say any of this stuff, the fact that they're always so close to the chest about everything, it really, really hurt them, you know? Because even, even if they were intending on all this stuff, it doesn't really matter if the, if the people that are looking to sign with them don't know. So it's it, it honestly... We used to really, really like <laughs> early on how secretive the Angels were, but in the past couple of years, we've seen the secrecy of the Angels just biting us over and over and over again. And even today, the Angels are one of less than five teams who have not committed to pay minor leaguers um, through the end of August. And tomorrow will be June 1st and will be the first day that minor Angels minor leaguers will not get paid. With that being said, let's talk about all this money Artie wants to sink into the stadium development plan, but not play mi pay minor leaguers a small amount of money. <laughs> Is that a good segue? I think that's a good segue. I think that was a good segue. <laughs> you take the lead. <laughs> I mean, there, this is a ginormous development that um, Artie has plans for uh, around the stadium, which just makes that comment about not being able to pay the minor leaguers a little bit more disturbing. Um, that being said, and that aside, it does certainly look pretty cool if you've seen the designs. 
Uh, it looks pretty exciting. I'm not real excited about parking ramps versus parking lots. but Then again, the Rangers design looked good, and we all saw how that stadium turned out, so you never know. That's true. Hmm. Everybody saw the designs, right? I didn't. But It looks really nice. Mm-hmm. If it turns out anything like what the drawing is. Because but... they always do. <laughs> For fans, the plan promises gathering places for eating, drinking, shopping, and relaxing before and after games. It also proposes a mix of luxury and affordable housing that includes a grocery store, dry cleaners, and playgrounds, as well as 2.7 million square feet of office space and 1.1 million square feet of shops, restaurants, and entertainment. That sounds exciting. And it also includes um, space to potentially build a new stadium on the same lot. That sounds. I'll be honest. Exciting. That sounds like a pain. Like <laughs> it sounds. It sounds entertaining from a non-baseball perspective. From a baseball perspective, though, it sounds like they're jamming way too much crap into one spot. Well, Moreno bought the land, and now he's got to use it, or else it is just empty parking lot space with all of our three million fans jammed into the same lot. (laughs) (laughs) Three, oh, he's not going to be, oh, he can't say three million fans 18 years in a row or whatever the hell the streak is. Oh, no, find a way. What are we going to do? Yeah, what are we going to do? The streak is broken. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Any other um, miscellaneous things you guys want to talk about? No, the miscellany is over. What? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right. We should maybe do a special podcast where we just mourn the loss of three million fans, the three million fan record. <laughs> that's a huge hit. Like a good idea. It's, it's really, really sad. It's just a moment of silence for like 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> that's how just we will whole, this podcast. Just the whole podcast is silent. Yeah. I think he's still going to continue the streak and just pretend 2020 didn't happen. He's going to he's going to say 3 million fans watching from home. <laughs> <laughs> 3 million fans in Japan. <laughs> All right, I think we're good then. We have a lot of other stuff to talk about as we um, lead up to the season, so we will be back. Um, but on that note, thank you for joining us for this um, preseason podcast and we will see you on the radio. You will hear us. We won't see you soon. Farewell. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone. Bye.